So recently, a couple of you guys have been reaching out and asking me to uh, talk about mental health. Having recently um, just received a certificate in understanding mental health first aid and mental health advocacy in the workplace, um, I'm comfortable talking about it, but I don't necessarily think that I'm, I'm an expert by any means. Um, so in this episode, I'm, we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to explore um, what mental health and mental ill health are. We're going to talk about what it's meant by the mental health continuum, factors that increase the risk of mental ill health. We're going to talk about the effects of mental ill health on physical health and different mental health conditions. We're going to talk about some of the signs and the indicators of mental ill health and also how to deal with the mental health crisis. Mental health can be quite difficult to define because a person's mental health issues, types of problems, and the impact these have upon their life, family, friends, are individual and specific to them. In other words, no two mental health problems will be experienced or managed in the same way. The WHO recognizes and acknowledges that there is no official definition of the term, but they define mental health as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Now, the term mental health refers to the ability to function and deal with daily life. An example of good mental health would be a person who has a positive sense of who they are and the ability to deal with life on a daily basis. So mental health includes the ability to cope with the demands of everyday life, making relationships and participating in society, make sense of life and the world around you, experience, understand and express emotions and feelings, and be able to think clearly, solve problems and make sound decisions. Mental ill health is the absence or of some or all of these positive factors on an ongoing basis. Mental ill health refers to a range of mental health conditions that affect an individual's mood, thinking, and behavior. Mental ill health can be any condition that disrupts an individual's everyday life. I mean, some of these examples can be depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, addictive behavior. Everyone may have bad days occasionally where they feel they can't cope. But for individuals experiencing mental ill health, most days will be like this. Mental health professionals often refer to something known as the mental health continuum. Now, I'm going to do my best to describe this because this generally comes in a form of a diagram with four little boxes in these diagrams, and there's arrows essentially going from one to another, and those are healthy, reacting, injured, ill. So what this mental health continuum means is that mental health can be thought of as a scale that moves from healthy to ill. Everyone's mental health is somewhat along this scale or continuum. 
Now, the diagram that I referred to um, describes a simple representation of the continuum. At the healthy end of the continuum, an individual's functions normal, and at the ill end, they are experiencing severe mental distress, which affects their daily life and may have been diagnosed with a mental disorder. The reacting stage represents an individual's experiencing temporary and reversible mental distress. For example, in response to uh, particularly stressful situations such as a bereavement or sudden unemployment. Now in the injured stage, there is severe and persistent distress that could impact on their daily life and lead to mental disorder. And the main point here is that mental health is not simply a dual state representing healthy or ill but more of a continuous spectrum, constantly going in and out, depending on how you react and how you take care of yourself. Now, we're going to talk about some factors that increase the risk of mental health. Um, I'm, I'm probably sure you, you, you knew this, but in case you didn't... Um, the World Health Organization says that work is good for mental health, but a negative working environment can lead to physical and mental health problems. Now, there's going to be a number of risk factors that can increase the risk of an individual experiencing mental ill health. Factors may be temporary, causing short-term mental ill health or distress, or long-term, leading to more serious mental disorders. The risk factors may arise from inside the working environment or from outside this environment in the individual's home and social life. Factors outside of the work environment may not appear to be the concern of the managers, but may affect the individual's work. It's important that managers consider the support they can give to individuals even where factors are outside of the workplace control. It's, an, it's often a combination of factors from inside and outside the workplace that lead to stress, anxiety, and ultimately mental ill health. Some of these risk factors could include health and safety policies that are missing or inadequate so that stress and other health and safety issues in the workplace are not identified and managed properly. Poor communication, which means individuals do not feel that they know what they need to do in a working environment and they do not feel supported. Poor management practices, such as failing to explain roles and responsibilities, unclear reporting lines, failure to provide sufficient resources, and failure to manage staff effectively. Limited participation of individuals in decision-making and limited control over their own work. Inflexible working hours, which do not support individuals in a managing of the work-life balance. Unclear tasks or objectives. High or unrelenting workloads 
which mean individuals do not have time to complete the tasks, bullying, and other psychological harassments. Now, some of the factors from outside of your working environment that will lead to mental ill health would be individual vulnerability, such as low self-esteem and insecurity, or inadequate coping mechanisms, lifestyle choices, for example, drug or alcohol use, which can put individuals at risk of developing further mental health problems, family history of mental ill health, which may be hereditary, problems at home such as domestic violence, neglect, divorce or family breakdown, feeling cut off from family and friends or from local community, which can lead from feelings of isolation and rejection, which is especially important in the COVID times that we're experiencing in right now. Negative or traumatic life experiences such as unemployment, homelessness, bereavement, sudden illness, or even being assaulted or abused. Big life changes where these are positive, such as getting married, having children, or moving home, but they can be very stressful to the individuals and put on a lot of extra pressure, such as financial worries. And then you also have community or local environmental problems such as prejudice and discrimination, racism, violence and crime, or even poor living conditions. All of these will affect mental health. Now, these effects will also have um, manifestations in the physical realm as well. It's been long recognized by medical professionals that there is a link between physical and mental health. Uh, individuals who feel well physically are more able to cope with the mental strains and stresses of everyday life. However, when they are ill, most people will find that they, are also, that they also feel a bit sad and sorry for themselves. They're less able to cope with the everyday tasks and might be irritable towards others. Often, they just want to curl up in bed. Where physical health problems are long-term, individuals may become depressed. By looking after physical health, we're also able to protect mental health. And lifestyles will have an impact on our mental well-being. Physical activity and being outdoors leads to the brain producing more serotonin, which is a chemical in the body that lifts our mood and makes us feel better. Physical activity and exercise keeps the body fit and helps weight loss, which make people feel more positive about themselves. And there is evidence that even being outside and being in a forest also lifts a person's mood. So exercising outside in a forest may bring even more benefit for well-being than you would actually think. Nutrition plays a, a big factor in this now. Um, the food we eat affects the development and the day-to-day -day maintenance of the body. A balanced diet will help to keep the body healthy and provides the proteins, vitamins, minerals, and other elements the body requires to maintain and repair itself. It is known that some deficiencies, for example, certain vitamins, can affect mood. It is known that a poor diet can leave people feeling tired and lethargic, 
which will lead to low moods. Keeping a healthy weight is important in a balanced diet, in feeling better physically, but also for feeling good about yourself. Now, maintaining a healthy lifestyle is, oh, is, isn't always easy. Smoking, alcohol, and drugs will all have an impact on our mood and mental well-being. Although they may pe make people feel good and happier at the time for a short while, and they may feel very low when the effects wear off, but long-term or excessive use of alcohol and drugs may lead to mental health issues. Nicotine, for example, has been shown to interfere with levels of dopamine in the brain, which can switch off the brain's mechanism for making dopamine. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, dopamine is a chemical which supports positive feelings, so lack of it, you're probably going to get depressed. Rest and sleep. Now, the body needs rest in order to repair itself. A lack of rest or sleep puts a lot of pressure on the body, and it can make people feel very unwell. It can also lead to issues with memory and thinking processes, causing individuals to be irritable and behave in ways that are out of character and can trigger anxiety and depression. Now, there are long-term health conditions, even when they're not life-threatening or life-shortening, can lead to mental health problems. For example, skin conditions such as psoriasis that can cause embarrassment, anxiety, and distress. Other conditions such as chronic migraines are painful and they can disrupt home and work life, you know, leaving individuals feeling worried and depressed. And in most cases, people with these type of conditions will not seek counselor as a part of their treatment plans because they, don't, they feel embarrassed about it. And as a result, they, they may develop long-term mental health issues alongside of their physical health condition. So it's important to talk about these things. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail with the different types of them, but I, I will briefly discuss um, some of them because there, there are quite a few of them. And I'm going to talk about the ones that are really important in, in my opinion, to the forestry industry. Um, the different types of mental ill health, um, I mean, the International Classification of Diseases published by the World Health Organization and the Diagnostic of Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders published by the American Psychiatric Association list some of the 250 to 300 different mental health disorders. That can range from mild to severe. So, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the more common ones that we would find in forestry, such as stress, anxiety disorders, depression, suicide, eating disorders, and bipolar. So we'll first talk about stress. Stress is a physical, mental, and an emotional response to feeling threatened or under pressure in daily life. Stress is very common and in most cases can be beneficial that it motivates people to tackle and take on the challenges in their lives. 
Stress can help an individual stay alert, energetic, forced, and focused onto the task at hand, and provides the drive to meet deadlines or the strength to even cope in a crisis. But everybody reacts differently to stress, so it can be difficult to measure its benefit or its consequence, but it is the individual's ability to cope with stress that is the issue. Now, temporary stress is not a serious mental health issue, but too much stress or continually feeling under stress does start to affect emotions, behavior, and the ability to to think effectively, as well as having physical effects such as rising blood pressure, increased heart rate, muscle tension, insomnia, and this can then further then lead on to um, other serious mental and and physical illnesses. Stress can be caused um, by internal or external demands. I mean, um, internal demands like, um, you know, how are you feeling about yourself today? Uh, are you afraid of something? Um, do you have uncertainty or worry? Um, you know, are, do you think about what other people think about you? Um, you know, those kind of demands. Um, and then, you know, the external demands um, could be things like, you know, environmental issues like constant noise or living in a in a poor um in poor conditions in you know in some grotty um caravan on a on a work site um you know uh, or you're unsafe at work or you're forced to do work because of a financial condition that you're in or relationship worries and i mean i think i think you guys can can get the idea of what could cause, you know, stress uh, from external demands. Now, I'm going to talk slightly about anxiety disorders. Um, There's a lot of different anxiety disorders out there, um, so I'm not going to go too deeply into them. So I I am going to talk about a couple of them in here. Um, One that I know that I've suffered from and... um, and yeah, it and and it sucks. It really sucks. None of these are nice to deal with, um, and thank goodness I haven't had to deal with many of them. But I do know that I have had to deal with one of them, and um, perhaps some of my listeners out there will have had some experience with these. And goodness me, I'm you know I, I feel for you. So um, anxiety is a. We'll just talk about anxiety disorders here, and we'll talk about what anxiety is. So anxiety is a response to stress, but it may carry on after the factors causing the initial stress have been resolved. So you might feel anxious on a short-term basis, like, you know, if you're going to go to a job interview or, you know, you've got to give a presentation in front of a lot of people. It becomes a problem when anxiety cannot be related to any particular situation or becomes long-term. Um, it then can overwhelm people and then starts interfering with your everyday life. Um, anxiety involves having physical symptoms and worrying thoughts. In some cases, people may experience panic attacks, which can cause things like a fast heartbeat, uh, nausea, dizziness, difficulty breathing, uh, a feeling of lack of control. 
Um, whereas long-term anxiety and frequent pagan attacks can be very disruptive to everyday lives and relationships, and um, are, are you know are, are very they're quite difficult once you have them to to share this feelings with other people so that other people can know how to behave around you when you are exhibiting some of these signs. Um, we're going to briefly talk about the different types of anxiety disorders. Um, so, we're, um, so for instance, um, we've got one, two, three, four that I really that I want to talk about. Um, one is a generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD. Um, this involves ongoing anxiety about lots of different issues in everyday life. The anxiety cannot be tied to one particular event or situation, so that's why it's quite difficult to um, to diagnose. Um, and it can affect individuals in very different ways as well. You have social anxiety disorder, and this involves anxiety that occurs in response to social situations. Um, people become nervous about talking to other people or eating in front of them or even speaking on the phone sometimes, uh, which can make work situations difficult as well as everyday activities such as shopping. Uh, you've got very specific phobias. Um, you know, some people are afraid of things like snakes or spiders or heights or germs or whatever. Um, often they don't affect an individual in their everyday life because they can be avoided um, or the person just rarely comes across them. Um, but it's really important that uh, the people that experience those kind of anxieties, uh, it's not presented to be you know, in a serious reaction so that the extreme reaction to a common occurrence um, needs to be addressed and then calmed, simply calmed down and taken into a safe situation um, or safe, safe location. Um, panic disorders. This is where people have frequent panic attacks, which there's no clear cause um, and people come constantly afraid of having another panic attack. Um, and this fear can actually trigger more panic attacks. Um, lastly, and the big one for me personally, is post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. It's a big one that everybody talks about. Um, and this, uh, yeah, I just want to talk about the actual definition of this. I mean, this is an anxiety disorder that develops after the individual has experienced a traumatic event, either by being involved in the event, witnessing the event, or even hearing about a traumatic event, which can even actually make counselors susceptible to it. Individuals may feel numb or have trouble sleeping after a traumatic experience, which is generally known as acute stress reaction. And if these symptoms continue for longer than a month, um, the individual may be diagnosed with PTSD and experience other symptoms such as flashbacks, intrusive thoughts and images, nightmares, and distress and anxiety as a reaction to any reminder of the incident. The most commonly diagnosed mental disorder in Britain is a mix is mixed anxiety and depression, which is estimated to actually cause about a fifth of workdays lost. Um, we're going to talk about depression now. I mean, these are um, uh, these are other types of mental ill health that uh, that I would like to go into, um, as as this really affects people in uh, in our sector in forestry. Uh, 
people often say that they're feeling depressed um, when they're just simply sad or down. No, technically clinical depression is low mood that lasts for at least two weeks, affects behavior, and has negative physical, mental, and emotional effects. A depression can interfere with a negatively impact on a person's work and their relationships. It can be caused by life events such as a bereavement or losing a job, or circumstances such as feeling isolated or living in a rundown area or in grotty conditions or by having life-threatening or long-term illness or even lifestyle choices such as alcohol abuse or drug abuse. Personality, gender, and genetics can also be risk factors because some people who are more vulnerable of their personality and genes and depression is more common to occur in women than in men. Um, depression makes people tearful and they may become withdrawn and isolated. It also may lead to alcohol and drug misuse, which can make depression even worse and will start to interfere with everyday life as people feel that they can't face life and feel very hopeless. Depression can affect sleeping patterns and your energy levels and even your eating and your appetite. And as at its most serious, um, depression can lead to thoughts of suicide. So if you are feeling depressed, talk to somebody, please. Um, if, if they are not a counselor, then um, please reach out to the NHS. Um, there are a lot of people and a lot of resources that are available to, uh, to, to people even just feeling sad or lonely. Um, we're going to briefly talk about now um, self-harm. Now, we don't see too much of this in forestry, but it's still a topic that I just want to talk about um, briefly, um, just so that you can really... Have, a, have an idea of, of what is, how it's really described. Um, because it's the, the round self-harm, it's a, it's a type of behavior that, um, that does cause harm to just the individual. Um, but the people in their lives feel very hopeless and helpless because they can't stop this. And they just want to protect those people. So it's, it's, it's very... Um, it, it's very it's sometimes it's obvious but other times it's it's not so obvious um i mean it's it's quite obvious when um you can see things like um like people cutting their skin or um or even getting into fights um these type of behaviors are, ob are quite obvious but some that aren't so obvious in in self-harm um include you know drinking or Taking risks such as you know driving too fast or having unprotected sex or even even gambling gambling is is a cause is, is a type of self harm. Um, it's it's usually to relieve um, distressing feelings and to help the individual cope with the difficulties in their life um, because the self harm gives a temporary relief from the negative thoughts and the feelings. Um, that have become normal coping strategies uh, for the individual who is dealing with, you know, um, the the um, 
the challenges of life in an unhealthy way. Um, this one um, could be hard for anybody listening, so um, and including myself talking about it. Um, um, but suicide is a, is a, is a mental health condition. Um, it's, it's where an individual intentionally causes their own death. You, you, it may be from traumatic or stressful events. It could be from a physical illness. Um, it potentially is from a substance misuse or, or even a poor living environment. Um, quite often it will be due to a combination of these factors. And if someone can be prevented from suicide, they can often be supported to move away from suicidal thoughts and recover. Um, lastly, the, the, the one that I wanted to finish on is a, um, uh, is a bipo bipolar disorders. Um, Actually, one more one. I want to talk quickly about eating disorders. Because um, um, eating disorders, um, they're a type of obsessive behavior. Um, although illnesses such as like anorexia are often blamed on the desire for weightless, uh, to weigh less, sorry, um, they may be the response to a traumatic event um, or, or stress or even unhappiness. Um, and anxiety um, um, can and low self-esteem can also lead to eating disorders and and eating disorders aren't just either anorexia or bulimia um you could also have binge eatings who just people just overeat on a regular basis um that is that is a, a, a something that you should be aware of that uh, perhaps like your excessive eating could be hiding an underlying issue that you're just not dealing with right now um now, bipolar disorder is where an individual has dramatic mood swings from like extreme happiness and exciting, often known as mania, um, to extreme depression. Um, and they can be ex so extreme that um, they can interfere with people's ability to live a normal life. Um, you may, uh, individuals who are bipolar may also experience the symptoms of psychosis uh, where they have hallucinations or even convinced of things that aren't true. Um, each episode of mania, depression, or hallucinations can last for weeks or months, and the individual may experience periods of stability in between episodes that can last for months or years. Um, so the, the causes of this bipolar disorder are unknown, um, but it is thought that it could be triggered by um, by a variety of things like genetic and chemical factors, excessive stress, traumatic or life-changing events, or even problems that the individual is just finding overwhelming. So we're we're, we're getting there. Um, it's it's quite a uh, it's quite a bit to uh, to talk about uh, in this. So I think. In this, um, uh, I'm going to talk about two more things here. Um, the signs and the indicators of mental ill health and how to deal with mental health crises. So uh, when individuals are experiencing mental ill health, they're going to show a variety of signs and symptoms. 
Um, the most important indicator um, that managers and employers can identify is a change in behavior or attitude of an individual that they work with. This can often indicate a problem, but more specific signs will include physical and, and psychological and behavioral indicators, um, and we're going to talk about them. So um, some physical, we'll talk about the physical ones first. So, I mean, some physical signs of um, mental ill health can be unexplained tiredness, um, indigestions or stomach complaints, headaches, weight loss or gain, change in appetites, complaining of joint or back pain, complaining of not being able to sleep, shaking or obvious tension, complaining about throat or chest pains, sweating, or complaining of always feeling cold. Um, these these can be a combination or even just individual um, uh, uh, changes in these uh, in, in physical um, indicators. Um, not, I mean, having being aware of them um, is is important, um, but then having a quick conversation with the person who is showing that signs, uh, these physical signs, um, would be the next most important thing. If you don't feel comfortable with it, then then by all means don't do it. But it's important to discuss it with somebody who is in a position that uh, can. Uh, approach the individual and and ask them questions. Um, some of the psychological um, indicators are would be things like appearing anxious or distressed, tearfulness, um, being sad or having low mood or having mood changes, indecisions. Like if their person is more very decisive and then all of a sudden they're very indecisive, loss of motivation, loss of humor. Um, being more sensitive to um, external factors than usual, um, appearing distracted or, or even appearing confused at times. The person has a hard time um, relaxing. Uh, they're forgetting things. Uh, they might even become irrational or illogical during the cognitive thought processes. They may have difficulty in taking in information. And they almost they they also may have difficulty in responding uh, to situations that others may not necessarily see. And then they talk about hopelessness, which could indicate suicidal thoughts. Now, some behavioral indications that are signs of mental ill health would be increased or excessive smoking and drinking, drug taking, withdrawal. Um, a resigned attitude, or being irritable, angry, or even aggressive. Overexcitement is also um, a uh, behavioral sign. Um, restlessness, uh, frequent lateness, or leaving early, taking extended lunch breaks, or uh, taking an extended lunch, working longer hours, um, obsessive or intense activities, repetitive speech or activity, deteriorating or inconsistent performance, more work errors than usual, more absences than usual, more problems with fellow colleagues than usual, overreacting to situations, risk-taking behavior that is out of character, disruptive behavior, and being generally antisocial. 
where individuals display a number of these symptoms and or the symptoms are severe, they may be facing a mental health crisis. Signs that a crisis may be occurring may include breaking down in tears, having panic attacks, talking of suicide, behaving in unusual ways, and totally withdrawing from other people. What you need to do in those kind of situations, and if they are, if, if someone is experiencing a mental health crisis, there's a number of things that you can do to support them. Your workplace may produce guidelines on supporting staff who are experiencing mental health problems, and you should always follow these where appropriate. Some of these steps could include listening to them without making any judgments, concentrating on their immediate needs, such as dealing with any wounds they might have, if it's safe to do so or helping them find a quiet area away from other people. Asking what would help them. Being reassuring. Signposting them to practical information where appropriate. Avoiding confrontation. That's a big one. Asking if you can contact someone for them. Encouraging them to seek help from a local crisis team, their GP or other appropriate professional, providing first aid or alerting a qualified first aider if they've hurt themselves physically, that is. And if they're seeing or hearing things, remind them that you are there and not dismissing their experiences or reinforcing them. Now, if you want some more information about that, you can, um, uh, some of these have been adapted from the Mental Health Foundation website, and you can find them at www.mentalhealth.org.uk forward slash publications forward slash supporting someone mental health problem. If there are any indication that the person is suicidal, they should be encouraged to seek help immediately. They, or you, or someone else, should contact a GP, call NHS 111, or contact the Samaritans on 116123. Help can also be sought from friends, family, or local health, mental health teams. But it's important for person supporting them not to express their own views about suicide. It's important for them not to express or challenge the individual or tell them to pull themselves together or similar sentiments as this person as or because th that could worsen the situation. It's important that you also take care of your own safety. Now, if anybody has had any triggering effects from this podcast, uh, I, I want you to reach out to somebody. Uh, I want you to either call your GP or a friend. It doesn't need to be a professional counselor. I've sought plenty of counsel in my friends who I have respected and I've appreciated. Um, 
anybody who you respect, you know, ask from their opinion, ask them for help. Um, a true friend will always be there for you. Uh, and if you need any other further help, um, please reach out to any of those uh, lines that I had um, mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, they're, they're there to help. Um, they've helped me, and I know they can help you. Well, this um, this has been a really difficult thing for me to talk about. Um, it's also been easy for me to talk about. I, I really hope that um, you've learned something from this. And um, if you'd like me to talk about more things about um, mental health and explore this issue a bit further, I'd be happy to do so. And until then, stay safe out there.